Welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast, the most influential and listened to podcast in auto detailing. Welcome to the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Pints and Polishing Podcast. You can find Marty and I at hypercleanstore.com, but the best way to interact and we have a lively Facebook group these days. We love the interaction there. We love everybody's support in there. Go to Hyperclean Specialists on Facebook. We have guys interacting, ask questions about products, projects they're working on, share some work. We have a really good mixture there. So really plug into the brand on Hyperclean Specialist. If you're looking to get information about our products and interact with other people, like-minded individuals. That group is really turning into something special. Can't thank everybody enough. We got a couple of good things to talk about today, but I'm going to talk about the auction market. So many of you have been asking. Let's take something I have direct knowledge again. We're going to talk about the BMW market, but it, signif it signifies the rest of the market, guys. That's why I'm using this. Don't get bored that it's just that brand. It's a way for us to allow people to go back and listen to these episodes and kind of follow an auction story so they can kind of understand the market a little bit easier. So we had a 2008 four-door sedan M3 come up for auction this week, 72 or 73,000 miles, I believe. And the hammer price was about $10,000 less than the last one with the similar mileage. Now, A, this was a different color combination, but let's take it as good information. What does it show us? Okay, so now you're going to say, well, Nick, you bought yours and you're 38,000 all in. You've lost 10 grand. Reminder, mine's low mileage. There is no substitute in the auction market for you having a low mileage car. This was my big surprise. If you go back and listen to all of these different auction conversations is the thing that was going crazy about the auction market wasn't just that really great examples of cars have been going up extremely in value. It's the fact that high mileage examples that weren't well documented, that weren't well cared for, or had documentation that they were cared for, that those be then became very, 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 very expensive cars. And that has been the antithesis of this like sports car or auction style marketplace. High mileage was always penalized in a really, really harsh way, but it really wasn't penalized the last two and a half plus years. And that's what threw me off in the auction market is you couldn't go buy a 65,000 mile BMW for a reasonable price. See, that's when the market gets crazy. I don't have a problem with a 30,000 mile, which is where I'm at in my car example being expensive, but even that has a limit. So we saw this hammer price down a little bit under 28,000, I believe. What are the culprits? A, the economy. You're starting to see a lot of different auction markets starting to slip. The European sports car market has to dip. Porsche, BMW, Mercedes, they all have to dip. Why do they have to dip? They're just inflated. That's all. Nobody did anything wrong. So I had a couple of collectors and some guys looking at cars this week, and they started to get freaked out. Should I sell this? Should I sell that? And I've really backed everybody off of the ledge and said, you missed your window to sell. Like I told everybody, you shouldn't have sat two and a half years on a car and waited for the top of the market. You're never going to time that. You could have got an incredible return. Now you need to keep the car. You need to sell it at a loss compared to what you thought you were going to sell it as. But here's the caveat. 
you're only going to sell cars at really high above value prices from this point on, especially as the economy gets weaker and weaker with one we reason, is it a special vehicle? Is it low mileage? And that's the way the auction market has been for decades. It got crazy for a two and a half year period. And everybody thought it meant this was permanent. Go back to every conversation I've had publicly on this podcast and everybody that's listened to me privately, this isn't going to last. And we're already seeing the bubble start to burst. We had Barrett Jackson in town here, July 4th weekend here in Vegas. I went through the data. I'm not really in a bunch of their cars. I don't have a, guy, a bunch of guys buying muscle cars, things like that. They had some interesting sales. They had some big hammer prices, but they had a lot of stuff in that low to mid end that didn't do that well. But I've been stating that about Barrett and Meekum now for three or four months. Well, actually more than that, probably the turn of the year. Hey, this is weakening. And so we now see an instance where we on this podcast have followed the 2008 to 2011 BMW M cars, especially the M3 six speeds. And we're able to see directly that the market is now affected, but don't take it as the entire market, the high mileage market. Here's the second part of that sale that you should be aware of. Very poor seller, didn't list the car very well, didn't really put a lot of people's minds at ease if you go look through the auction. And was everything wrong with these auction sites? I'm sure he's a nice guy. He seems like he tried to do the right thing, you know, during the auction, but they launched the auction in such a way that I think it's just not good. And I think what's going to be interesting to me more than anything, bring a trailer and cars and bids and P car market and all this, all these other, you know, sites that exist. And I'm grateful they exist, have really gotten away with a bunch of crap for two and a half years bad examples, bad documentation, bad everything. So what's going to happen for them to, and, and, it, and it really depends on which company is going to do things the right way, okay? Meaning, I don't think all these sites are going to exist. They're going to be absorbed by one another. But the second part of it is, who's going to really take it to the next level and start documenting these cars and going back to actually doing the legwork to have to sell cars? Because that's where it's going to end up. And it's just not there yet, but it's getting there. A matter of fact, uh, I, I saw a uh, 328 GTS. I think it had 3,000 miles on uh, bring a trailer. I, I, I tagged into it late last night, and it was up in the six figures, 125 plus thousand dollars. That's a car I brought up. We might be involved in a restoration on one of those. The price that I set on this podcast a few podcasts ago uh, with that specific car, I can tell you, I told you it was $125,000 plus vehicle, had a bunch of people texting me about it and saying, Hey, you were right on these vehicles. Yeah. A great example is $125,000 plus car. You know, could you have maybe picked it up for 40, 50, $60,000 at some point in that car's life? hundred percent. It's just not the day today because those are good, fun cars, easy to work on, easy to maintain great Ferraris. So again, you're seeing a 3000 mile 328 GTS is going to go for the premium it should go. You're going to look at this 2008 BMW with 72,000 miles on it, not well documented, not well presented. And you're going to have people say, you know what? It's worth $27,000, $28,000. That car would have sold for $35,000 plus just six, eight weeks ago. 
the Fed raising rates, people worried about money, fear in the economy, no question that stuff is now in the system. And once it gets in the system, how it ravages the system is anybody's guess. But uh, everybody that deals with me, all my collectors, everybody's in a great spot. Everybody's sitting on cars they want and, and want to keep for now an extended period of time. Of course, if you're a collector with a ton of money and you want to get rid of something, it does, the economy doesn't matter to you. You're not in it you know, thinking you're going to make a ton of money. But this is an interesting time, and we're seeing the dichotomy now. We're going to see the shift back to low mileage. Great examples are still going to be sold at a premium like they always are. And bad high mileage examples are going to start taking a massive hit. That's just the way it is. I want to move on to something today because we ran across a Porsche GT3 PPF fiasco in my business this week. I want to use two words here that we just don't say loudly enough in business and especially in our industry is common sense. Those two words are going to take all of you, whether you're a DIY or caring for your car or you're a professional building your business, everything you do can be boiled down to two words, common sense. One of the things that really disturbs me is when I watch and, 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 see a lot of discussions around a lot of different subjects in detailing the words common sense just aren't out there enough because somebody's trying to sell you some training or sell you that they got the next idea on how to build a million dollar business and they just leave common sense out of it if i buy a widget for a dollar and i sell it for two dollars i should be profitable and if i can't be profitable at two dollars i need to sell it for three dollars four dollars or five dollars because who knows what my back end costs are right so we have this world now where people are advocating for you to keep leveling up your services. What do you mean you only charge 500 bucks as your top package? You need a $1,000 and a $2,000 and a $5,000 package. It all sounds great. All sounds really great. You need to raise your prices. It sounds great. But that is not the real world, folks. You will raise your prices when it makes sense to raise your prices because you have common sense. I make what I make in my business now based on two words, common sense. So let me walk you through the situation. And I want to walk you through the PPF world, not ever really telling you the whole story. There's a lot of people doing great things in the PPF training space, by the way, guys that I respect that I'm friends with that I talk to all the time. Uh, there's some film companies that are supporting those efforts, but they, they're salesmen, man. They're going to leave the bad stuff out of the sales pitch. Do you tell your customers about every you know, door you burnt while you're selling them paint correction? Of course not. We all leave the bad stuff out, but you need to be, again, using common sense that the bad stuff has been left out. Here's the story. Brand new Porsche GT3, full body PPF for $5,000. I'm telling you that number's low right there. Okay. So here's the story I get. I get a phone call from a shop that we do a lot of stuff with, windshield film. Hey, we got a situation that I'm involved in. Can you help us out? I said, sure. What's going on? 
this shop doesn't do PPF. Okay. They do performance modification, stuff like that. They subbed out their PPF work for God knows what reason to this other very reputable tent shop, probably the biggest tent shop in Vegas. One of the biggest tent shops for, uh, you know, the tent that they sell, I think in the nation and they sell the top end stuff. So they're, they're not, they're not bad at what they do. They're a good shop, but they do PPF. They do very average PPF, but they do what you call run of the mill PPF, uh, partial front ends, very easy work that they're good at, that they can charge 1200 bucks for and 900 bucks for and 1500 bucks for, and they can knock them out. And that customer is not that discerning. So they can really do well in that market. Here's where common sense comes in. They're not a full body PPF shop, especially a GT3. They're not ready to disassemble handles. They're not ready to disassemble the lights. They're not ready uh, to, to, to tackle emblem removal. That's not who they are. And that's okay. But they take on the job from the performance shop. And here's where we end up this week. They get a $5,000 full body PPF quote, their customer with the Porsche goes in and takes it in. He's got to be ecstatic because he's not getting that number from any reputable shop, but this one has a reputation. They're good at what they do tint and, and very limited PPF. And so they say, yeah, we can wrap the car five grand. So Pete, the, the Porsche owner drops off the car and the car gets an installation. Customer gets the car back, gets home, starts to see some things. Car comes back a second time. They fix the issues. Customer gets home, looks through the car, comes back a third time. And this happens a fourth time. At $5,000, four visits to your shop in PPF land, you're not only not making money, you're losing money. Now, this shop is huge. They're going to eat the cost. It's not going to be a big deal. It's going to be a blip on the radar. But you were told to get into PPF. You got 20 grand to burn just to get out of the gates with PPF? Cool. You got years to commit to your skill set and being great? Great. So here's where I come in. By the fourth time it's visited the shop, they're not happy. The performance, car, the performance shop company is unhappy. The customer with the car is unhappy. The other shop's unhappy. I see pictures. It's a bad installation. I'm not bashing anybody. It was just a bad installation. Maybe you had a bad few days. I don't know. So the Porsche owner and the shop owner are now at odds but you were told to take on bigger tickets, right? No big deal. Bigger tickets. Bigger tickets means you make more money. No, it doesn't. You have more risk, you have more cost, and you have more headache at a bigger ticket amount. Do you have the skills to do the job? In this case, they don't. So I made the same comment to the shop owner, both shop owners and the 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 Porsche owner, I said, why did you send it back four times? Why didn't somebody call me a second time on the second time? Hey, we need some help. Ego. We've all been there. I'm not judging on that. 
but everybody in this is at fault. But let's go to the shop angle because most of you listening to this are interested in that part. That should have been a bare minimum $7,500 job by my estimation, by today's costs, day's wages, and the risk that you're taking as a business owner. Taking apart a Porsche doesn't mean everything goes back or doesn't break. Can you buy it? You have enough money in your job to go buy a headlight if you bust it? Happens every day. They don't tell you that in the PPF training, though, because you wouldn't attend. It's not their fault. You have to use the two words of this day, common sense. So I talked to the Porsche owner and I talked to the, the, the performance shop owner and they go, what's the solution to get it to your shop and get us the help we need? I said, we will be charging $10,000 to fix this job. Pull all PPF off, start from scratch. We're going to have to go around, make sure there's no adhesive left behind. It's going to be a lot of headache here. It's 10 grand. And I get the shock. Oh, that's ridiculous. No, it isn't. You guys should have had a minimum $7,500 ticket. You were $2,500 low. And now I'm giving you the price to get involved in a mess. Well, your full body price is $7,500. Yes, it is. It's not $7,500 for this job with this amount of headache, with this kind of situation. Why would I do that? Because I know that there's inherent risk here now. I got an owner that may be a little bit out of control. So I'm going to have him sign a no recourse document when I start the job and say, you're going to get what we give you. Unless there's some massive defect in the film, we are not doing anything other than this job at this time. There's no coming back, which I wouldn't do to anybody else other than this type of situation. So what can we learn from this? By the way, he'll end up booking. He's, he's mad now, but he'll end up booking. He wants the car protected. And any reputable shop's going to give him around about that number. So why do I talk about this? Because the economy, guys, is going to be in no one's favor here at some point. If Mark Zuckerberg's telling his whole staff in letters and memos, we're going to go through one of the worst economic times that we think we've ever been through. I don't think he puts that memo into his company because he's a bonehead. All the writings on the wall, money's going to start drying up. And all of you have been told for the last two, three, five, 10 years that all you need to do is raise your prices and build bigger packages and this and that. Folks, if you can't make money at $100 on some type of service in your detailing business, you can't make money at 10 grand because you don't have common sense of how to offer a $100 service you can't magically just offer a $10,000 service. About six, eight months ago, I was offered to buy a wrap shop here in Vegas that was under underwater. They were doing millions in sales. They were underwater. Why? Because they weren't pricing things properly. They weren't using common sense. Buy something for a dollar, sell it for two. If that doesn't make me money, I need to sell it for three, for four, for five. I've already stated that. The solution for many people in this business is not to offer more expensive services. It's learn to offer a $400 service that you make an extreme amount of profit on and do that a hundred times a day. 
That's common sense. But many of you want to pick up a polisher, do 58-stage paint correction, then tell yourself you're going to do PPF when you, you have no experience in doing it. And guess what? You end up losing money on a $5,000 job. And I know what everybody's thinking to themselves, or at least a lot of you. Well, if I, if, if I had a $5,000 job, there's no chance I'd lose money. I've heard that for 20 years. And I've watched more PPF shops go out of business, more tent shops go out of business, more detail shops go out of business in my career than I've seen succeed. Isn't that amazing? Since it's such common sense on how to make money in this business, and it really is, and all these people know so much, yet they don't have a business. And they don't have one making 50, 60, 100, 200, $600,000 in profit either because they aren't using common sense. You don't just add a service because somebody told you you should. There's many people that chase tent. Good luck to you. It's a low profit margin business for 99% of shops that do it. Better be good at it. Better be efficient. Got to take door panels apart. There's a risk. You're doing a job for $199. Good luck. Film costs something. Employee costs something. Risk costs something. I don't want to be in that business, especially when I can do $199 service in my detailing business and I can make roughly a hundred bucks plus in profit. I have no ego about how much money I charge for a service. I just make sure that I'm making money on said service. So if you're doing a $5,000 job and you can't profit $2,000 at the end of the job, was the risk worth it? No, it wasn't. And it's not because you're greedy. It's because you have to stack money for all the risk you're taking on these big ticket items. You buy a plotter and three rolls of film. You're at roughly $11,000, $13,000 in a purchase. You're going to pay $1,500 to buy a roll of film, if not more. Price is continually going up. Okay, 1500 bucks. You got the money? Yeah, I got the money. Or you spent it, or you didn't really make it. And now you're laying out $1,500 in hopes of getting it back even. And now all of a sudden, the snowball is in a negative direction because somebody in the business didn't have common sense. This is the time to slow your mind down and watch the world and make really great decisions. A $5,000 full body PPF on a GT3 is not common sense. It's not understanding what things cost, what risk is. So let me give you a theory to run with as a business owner, and I'll leave you with this. At $500 as a business owner, you don't have a ton of risk. But every $500 you go up, you need to think about the risk that's involved. So I have a $500 job. It's pretty low risk at a thousand. It's pretty low risk, but it's more risk. 15 more risk, 20 more risk or 2000 more risk, 2,500 more risk, 5,000 more risk. Your risk profile is going up exponentially. Every time you hit that $500, $1,000 more, 2000, 5,000 more. The car's in your shop. It's in your hands. Things can go wrong. You can back into something. Somebody could back into something in your shop. 
You could drop something on the car. You could take a door handle off and snap it off in the door. You could drop a headlight, smash it. You don't think there's risk? Okay. That's just not educated. That's not common sense. If I take a $4,000 or $5,000 headlight off a car, is there a risk? Well, yeah, I could drop it. It's common sense. It's not me being like a genius or anything. Risk, risk, risk. And we haven't even got to the biggest risk of them all. When you do a $5,000 job, the odds you're going to go over on hours is much greater than on a $500 job. I'm more likely to do a $500 job in five hours than, than to hit 50 hours on a $5,000 job. I'm more likely to go over in manpower on a $5,000 job than I am a $500 job. And there's the big risk factor in all of this. And then what do you do if a customer complains and you got to rip a whole bumper of piece of film off? Now you got the film cost, the people cost. Now your hours are over even more. Then it comes back a third time. Big problems. There's a lot of great shops that do great PPF work. There's not that many though. By, the, by a lot, I'm, I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt. A bunch of shops do PPF work, and a bunch of those shops will go out of business in the recession. But the reality is those people shouldn't be in full-body PPF. They should be doing quick PPF jobs, 1,000, 1,500, 1,900. If you're doing a full front end for $19.99, you're not making that much money. Not unless you're crazy efficient. And their shops that have been doing it 15, 20 years, they're crazy efficient. So they can make a lot of money on $2,000. But you're a beginner, and it takes you two and a half hours to lay the front bumper. It takes them seven minutes. See the issue? They can make a lot of money at $1,900. You need to be at $2,900 because you need a buffer to get it right. And I would even tell the $1,900 guys, the PPF industry would be a lot better off and a lot safer as a business proposition if they were about $1,000 more per install. I know what everybody's going to say. Well, you can't live that way. Sure, if you're reputable, you can. We live in a time when so many people are not using two words and their advice to you all listening to this is common sense. All of you have it. You just got to stop yourself and go through the numbers. Does this work for me? But stop thinking that if you go and start having these bigger packages, that all of a sudden that means you're going to make that much more profit. There's all kinds of cost and all kinds of risk in going up in dollar amount. So if I make a ton of money at 500, doesn't mean I'm going to make a ton of money at five grand. Matter of fact, most people don't. Folks, I've been offered to buy bunches of companies in my career. And if they're in the film world, it's always the same thing. They can't squeeze profit out. More detail shops doing express details and very, very light ceramic work will make more profit than most PPF shops in my estimation. Because there's a lot of risk, a lot of cost, a lot of needing to be on the ball to make a PPF shop work. Just like massive two-stage correction it takes a lot to get it to work on a broad scale and hire a bunch of people. If you're somebody by yourself and you can control everything and you don't have any employees and don't want employees, 
This stuff doesn't pertain to that thought process. But you want to really move into some big boy lanes here. You got to use a lot of common sense. It's not like you need to read some type of detailing training manual. Have some common sense. And all of you have it. All of us have. Everybody has it. But to be installing 500, 600, a million dollars a year in PPF and not be making money happens every day. Happens every day. Those big tickets don't mean that you're going to have success. I hope you guys enjoyed this story. Again, find us on the HyperClean Specialist Group and at hyperclean.store.com. Everybody, have a great weekend. We'll talk soon.